0: This is the Chorus Call Conference Operator. Welcome to Vesema Network's second quarter fiscal 2021 earnings conference call and webcast. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode, and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. Analysts and institutional investors who wish to join the question queue, simply press star and 1 on your touchtone phone. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift a handset before pressing any keys. Should anyone need assistance during the conference call, they may signal an operator by pressing star and zero on their telephone. Presenting today on behalf of Vesema Networks are Sumit Kumar, President and CEO, and Dale Booth, Chief Financial Officer. Today's call will begin with executive commentary on Vesma's financial and operational performance for the second quarter fiscal 2021 results. Lastly, the call will finish with a question and answer period for analysts and institutional investors. The press release announcing the company's second quarter. Fiscal 2021 results, as well as detailed supplemental investor information, are posted on Vesema's website at www.vesema.com under the Investor Relations heading. The highlights provided in this call should be understood in conjunction with the company's interim condensed consolidated financial statements and accompanying notes for the three and six months ended December 31, 2020 and 2019. Certain statements in this conference call and webcast may constitute forward-looking statements within the meaning of applicable securities laws. All statements, other than statements of historical fact, are forward-looking statements. These statements include, but are not limited to, statements regarding management's intentions, belief, or current expectations with respect to market and general economic conditions, future sales and revenue expectations, future costs and operating performance, These statements are not guarantees of future performance and involve risks and uncertainties that are difficult to predict and or are beyond our control. A number of important factors could cause actual outcomes and results to differ materially from those expressed in these forward-looking statements. These factors include, but are not limited to, the current significant general economic uncertainty and credit and financial market volatility, including the impact of COVID-19 and the distinctive characteristics of Vesma's operations an industry and customer demand that may have a material impact on or constitute risk factors in respect of Vesima's future financial performance as set forth under the heading Risk Factors in the company's annual information form dated September 24, 2020, a copy of which is available at www.cedar.com. In addition, although the forward-looking statements in this earnings call are based on what management believes are reasonable assumptions, such assumptions may prove to be incorrect. Consequently, attendees should not place undue reliance on such forward-looking statements. In addition, these forward-looking statements relate to the date on which they are made. VESMA disclaims any intention or obligation to update or revise any forward-looking statements as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise, except as required by law. At this time, I would like to turn the conference over to Mr. Kumar to proceed with his remarks. Please go ahead.
1: Thank you. Good morning and welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. VESMA has now reached the midpoint of fiscal 2021 and... Without question, this is the breakthrough year we predicted. We'll talk about all that we achieved in the second quarter, and we'll also take a look at what we see ahead for the balance of this pivotal year. Starting with an overview of second quarter results, we ramped up top-line sales to $30.4 million as our newest next-generation products quickly gained momentum. Sales were 21% higher than a year ago, and this represents our highest quarter in nearly five years. We also generated adjusted EBITDA of 2.5 million, which we see as a very solid performance given the foreign exchange headwinds created by the rapidly strengthening Canadian dollar over this period. In addition, the cable access business we acquired from Nokia in Q1 was close to EBITDA neutral in Q2. As you know, this is in line with our expectations for our first year of operations of the acquisition. Looking at how our business units performed, our video and broadband solutions segment had another big quarter with revenues doubling year over year. Entra products led the way again with growing demand for our next generation distributed access architecture products, driving Entra sales to $8 million, more than six times what we achieved in Q2 last year. To give you a sense of the momentum we're building with Entra, in Q4 FY20, only six months ago, we had two customers actively buying Entra DAA products. In Q1, we increased this to 13 customers, and by the end of Q2, it was 20 customers. And as we speak today, 24 customers have purchased Entra products for deployment, including multiple Tier 1 MSOs. This speaks volumes about the strength of Vesma's industry-leading DAA portfolio. Not only are the number of active customers increasing, but their order sizes are growing as well. As an example, our lead Tier 1 customer has now started scale deployment, meaning a shift to thousands of nodes from hundreds previously. Thinking about what that represents, each thousand nodes purchased may cover 250,000 homes with speeds of up to 10 gigabits per second. Vesma is shaping the connected world. And I want to add that the orders we're receiving track broadly across the Entra portfolio, including our RemoteFi monitoring and video DAA products, as well as our newly acquired RemoteMacFi and 10GIG Epon fiber to the home products. The acquired portfolio counted for 3.4 million of the 8 million of Entra sales we generated during the quarter. Combined, our ENTRA portfolio is now powered by multiple growth engines. And with a total of 58 customers at various stages of engagement, including the 24 that have already placed orders, we anticipate all the momentum to continue. I'll talk more about this when we provide some outlook a little later on the call, but let me summarize by saying that the era of ENTRA has arrived. Our commercial video products also added to the rapid growth on second quarter VBS sales. Demand for our Terrace TC600E was particularly robust as customers continued to build out their MPEG-4 networks, and an additional Tier 1 began its associated TC600E densification program. Also on the hospitality side, we generated another $2.5 million of Terrace Quan sales in Q2. Following on the very strong revenue performance of the first quarter, and I'm delighted to report that we also secured our first order for our next-generation Terrace IQ platform, an order that came from a Tier One, a new Tier One customer. That's an important milestone and one that will eventually spur a new investment cycle across the vastly, across the vastly deployed populations of SMS platforms that are ad operators. All of the existing Terrace Quam units can be upgraded to Terrace IQ when an operator is ready. So we have a widely deployed base of units that can be upgraded over time to the new platforms. Much like when networks moved to all digital video, that's for this first multi year market cycle for Vesemo commercial video platforms, as networks now evolve to all IP video, we have the commercial video solution required and we have a captive audience. Turning to our content delivery and storage segment, we continue to consolidate the record new business wins of last year and generated all-time high service revenues in the process. While overall segment revenues were lower than the record results of a year ago, more pronounced quarterly revenue fluctuation is typical for the CDS segment and usually reflects the timing of large project-oriented orders which is the nature of the business. Meanwhile, we continue to grow customer engagements for our Media Scale X solutions during the quarter. That included adding an additional IPTV customer win deploying across our full line of IP linear, IP video on demand, and Cloud DVR solutions in Media X. We also won three new broadcast customers for our content agent post-production management system in Q2. At the same time, we continue to advance our leading media scale X portfolio, introducing new functionality in the areas of visual trick play, multi-tenancy, dynamic ad insertion, integrations with additional ecosystem partners, and support for new content formats. At the close of the second quarter, our CDS segment remained exceptionally well positioned for the eventual industry-wide migration to IPTV with a customer base well over 100 customers and a leading portfolio of IPTV solutions. In the telematics segment, we had another solid quarter with continued subscription expansion among our growing base of municipal government customers. We also made further headway into the movable movable assets market where we're marketing our Bluetooth asset tracking tags, associated vehicle telemetry collectors and the software subscriptions that leverage that data to customers in the restoration and emergency medical services industries. Overall, it was a significant quarter of growth for Vesima, with strong momentum on the DEA side and much more to come as both EAA and IPTV continue to ramp up in the interrelated way that fuels Vesemux strategy. And at this point, I'll turn the call over to Dale to provide more detail on our financial results.
2: Thank you, Sumit. For the purposes of this call, we assume that everyone has seen our second quarter fiscal 2021 news release and financial statements that are posted on Vesema's website. I will present the relevant numbers in discussions around overall results, market segments, operational expenses and the balance sheet. Please note that results for the second quarter of fiscal 2021 include a full quarter of operating results from our acquisition of the Nokia cable access portfolio we acquired on August 7th, 2020. Starting with consolidated sales, for the three months ended December 31st, 2020, we generated sales of $30.4 million. This was an increase of 21% over the 25.1 million in Q2 last year and an increase of 9% from 27.8 million in Q1 Fiscal 21. The year-over-year increase reflects an increase in product sales from the Video and Broadband Solutions segment, driven by our new ENTRA family of products, and partially offset by lower sales in the content delivery and storage segment. Within the Video and Broadband Solutions segment, for the second quarter of Fiscal 21, we generated sales of 16.5 million. This was up ninety eight percent from Q two last year and twenty two percent higher than last quarter. Further deployments of our next generation DAA products contributed second quarter enter revenue of eight million, significantly up from one point one million in Q two fiscal twenty twenty and up fifty four percent from the five point two million in Q one fiscal twenty one. Entra sales included 3.4 million from the DAA products acquired from Nokia in Q1 Fiscal 21. In all, Entra DAA platforms are now being sold to 24 operators across five continents. Second quarter Terrace family sales were up 51% to 5.9 million from the 3.9 million in Q2 Fiscal 20 and up 67% from the 3.5 million in Q1 Fiscal 21, reflecting higher sales of our TC600E products. Terrace QAM sales for the second quarter was 2.5 million, down from 3.1 million in Q2 last year, and down from 4.2 million in Q1 Fiscal 21. We anticipate healthy demand for our Terrace QAM platform through the second half of Fiscal 21, as operators continue their commercial rollout for the current generation while preparing for the next generation Terrace IQ platform. Second quarter revenues of twelve point five million for the content delivery and storage segment were down slightly from the thirteen million in the first quarter of fiscal twenty one, as the segment continued to consolidate its record new business wins from twenty twenty. These quarterly sales variances are typical for the CDS segment and reflect the timing of large orders. The total CDS segment sales included 7.5 million in product revenue and a record 5 million in revenue from services. Turning to the telematics segment, in line with our expectations, sales in the second quarter were at 1.4 million, on par with the 1.4 million in the same period last year and up slightly from the $1.3 million last quarter. Gross margin for the second quarter was at 50%, with a gross profit of $15.2 million, up from the 47% in Q1 Fiscal 21, but down from the extraordinary 64% in Q2 Fiscal 2020. Video and broadband solutions gross margin was 43% in Q2, as compared to 58% in Q2 of last year and slightly lower lower than the 44% in Q1 last quarter. The year-over-year decrease in gross margin reflects different product mixes each quarter, including a a lower percentage of high margin software sales as compared to the prior year quarter. Gross margins in the content delivery and storage segment for Q2 increased to 57% from 48% in Q1 and compared to 67% in Q2 last year, reflecting a lower percentage of high-margin software sales in the current quarter as compared to the prior year quarter. In the telematics segment, gross margin in the second quarter increased to 70% from 65% in Q1 Fiscal 20 and from 63% in Q2 Fiscal 20. A year-over-year improvement reflecting lower product costs in the current quarter. Turning to second quarter operating expenses, the notable changes year-over-year were as follows. R&D expenses increased to $7.2 million from $4.5 million in Q2 fiscal 20, primarily reflecting the addition of product lines acquired from Nokia, higher amortization of deferred development costs, and lower deferred development expense as a percentage of total expenditure. We continue to invest in research and development to support the launch of new products. Until these new products are commercialized, development costs are deferred to future periods. Sales and marketing expenses for the second quarter increased slightly to $3.6 million from $3.4 million in the same period last year. This increase was due to higher staffing costs from the Nokia portfolio acquisition, partially offset by lower travel, entertainment and trade show expenses year over year as a result of COVID-19. G&A expenses increased to $4.6 million in Q2 Fiscal 21 from $4.1 million in Q2 Fiscal 20, primarily reflecting the additional costs associated with the newly acquired operations. Total OpEx in Q1 increased to 16.6 million from 12 million during the same period last year. This reflects higher operating expenses in the video and broadband solutions segment, reflecting the addition of operating expenses related to the newly acquired Nokia cable access technology portfolio and the share-based compensation expense increase related to the vesting of the first tranche of our performance-based share units. I note that reported R&D expense in a period is typically different than the actual expenditure. That's because certain R&D expenditures are deferred until product commercialization. Adjusting for deferrals, amortization of deferred development costs, and income tax credits, actual R&D investment for the quarter increased to $9.1 million, or 30% of sales, from 6.2 million or 25% of sales in the same period last year. The increase reflects higher expenditure from the Nokia portfolio, higher staffing costs, subcontracting costs and prototyping costs as our next generation product families move closer to full scale commercial deployment. We reported an operating loss of 1.5 million in Q2 Fiscal 21 as compared to operating income of 4 million in Q2 fiscal 20 the 5.5 million dollar decrease was due to a decrease in contribution in both the video and broadband solutions and in the content delivery and storage segments for 2.6 and 3.2 million respectively partially offset by a slight increase of 0.3 million in contribution from the telematics segment year over year the current year loss was impacted by the foreign exchange loss of $1.2 million and the share-based compensation expense of $1.2 million related to the vesting of performance-based share units. Net loss for the quarter was $3.1 million or $0.14 per share from a net income of $3.6 million or $0.16 per share in Q2 Fiscal 20. Turning to the balance sheet. We ended the first quarter with $20.8 million in cash and short-term investments. Working capital decreased to $46.2 million from $55.3 million in Q4 fiscal 20, mainly reflecting the Nokia portfolio acquisition. We note that working capital balances can also be subject to significant swings quarter to quarter. Our product shipments are lumpy, reflecting the requirement of our major customers. Other timing issues like contracts with greater than 30-day payment terms also affect working capital, particularly if shipments are back-end weighted for a quarter. Finally, cash flow used in operations for the second quarter was $5.5 million from cash flow provided by operations of $4.3 million during the same period last year. The $4.8 million decrease reflects a $0.4 million increase in cash flow from non-cash working capital and $5.2 million decrease in operating cash flow. Now back to Sumit.
1: Thank you, Dale. As we move into the second half of fiscal 2021, decimus products directly addressing two of the biggest market opportunities in the global cable industry, DAA and IPTV. The, The transition to these newer technologies is always expected to happen, but high levels of utilization across our customers' networks have put tremendous pressure on them to expand capacity sooner rather than later. The combination of these factors a step up demand for networks as the world copes with virtualization on top of an underlying continuous trend of bandwidth growth is driving strong demand for our products. And we're anticipating robust growth for our intra DAA products in the second half. As I mentioned earlier, our lead tier one customer has begun their transition to scale deployment. By year end, we anticipate that several other operators at multiple tiers Will be into scale deployment as well. Again, I want to emphasize that many of these customers are engaged across all parts of the Entra DAA portfolio remote PHY, remote Mac PHY, 10 gig EPON, fiber to the home optical, management, and video solutions. Our strategy of building the industry's foremost DAA offering has positioned us to engage with customers no matter what flavor of DAA they're pursuing. This is providing many pathways to growth, both the differing and unique needs from one customer to the next are covered, as is the roadmap of evolution and enhancement to the network we can show and provide to each and every customer. On the IPTV front, we continue to see fiscal 2021 as a consolidation year for our content delivery and storage segment. The work of onboarding and scaling the many new customer wins from last year will carry on through the second half. Accordingly, and as before, we're anticipating measured growth for media scale X sales through the balance of this year. But as I indicated earlier, IPTV is nearing its own shift to scale deployment, and we're positioned to capitalize on it going forward. Put the market opportunities DAA and IPTV together and Bessima is embarking on a period of significant growth and evolution of our corporation to the next level. We've had just a hint of it in the first half, and we expect to see more of it in the second half. Vesema has also worked diligently to manage the ramp-up in terms of building strong working capital, even as the pandemic continues to create some macro uncertainty in the global technology supply chain. We are well positioned today to respond to customers' growing needs through our anticipation and forecasting. Deployment is expanding, and as our top line builds, we see leverage building, translating to strong EBITDA performance and increased cash flow. We see highly profitable growth ahead. I'll quickly add that in addition to DAA and IPTV growth, we're expecting continued demand for our terrorist qualm solution and the emerging opportunities for our next-generation Terrace IQ platform in the second half. So, commercial video, as part of VBS, is also expected to grow year-over-year, too. We anticipate continued incremental growth in our telematics segment, as well. So, across the company, our strategies are coming to fruition, and fiscal 2021 is shaping up to be the breakthrough year we've been preparing for. I want to close today with a thank you to the entire Vestima team. We've reached this exciting place in our history in large part because of our people's ingenuity and drive. I also want to acknowledge our shareholders whose commitment has played its own important role in helping us reach this point. We're tremendously excited about Vestima's future and we look forward to telling you about more progress and wins in the quarters ahead. That concludes our formal comments for today. We'd now be happy to take questions. Operator?
0: Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session for analysts and institutional investors. To join the question queue, you may press star, then 1 on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then 2. We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue. Our first question comes from Chris Thompson of PI Financial. Please go ahead.
3: Great. Thanks for taking my question, guys. Uh, Sumit, can you give us... Hey, hey, it's been a long time. Uh, Sumit, can you just give us a a sense of the dollar value opportunity that exists in the 58 MSO accounts that you're currently engaged with?
1: Yeah, so, you know, 58 engagements and and 40 are either... um, into the lab trial stage or beyond, and as we said today, 24 of those customers have, have already started purchase activity. Um, you know, and there's multiple tiers of operators and multiple products in the portfolio um, that uh, reach across those engagements all the way from um, you know mobile to to the fiber to the home optical products of the Nokia portfolio. So you know we are seeing this this. This pulled through where you know, the revenue profile of entras has, has been enhancing. We did 5.3 million in in in, uh, in, in fiscal 20, um, and we're already you know somewhere up around 13.2 million um, in the first half of, of fiscal 21 alone with a ramping profile. Um, you know, it, it, I'm not going to be able to quantify today. Uh, you know exactly how we. We translate the the 48 and the 24 into into what that means. Where we are seeing this meaningful ramp and and, and, and family growth that we've we've already observed in the first half and and continuing onward onwards and upwards. Um, and you know we we've, we've provided some some guidance as as we close the acquisition in terms of what that's bringing in in a 12 month period. That being you know 10 to 15 percent of of our fiscal 20 consolidated sales. Um, and we're we 're feeling quite um you know positive about how that 's looking and 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 broaching towards the upper end of that range and then meanwhile um you know the organic products within the enter family are, are also on this on this growth curve and you know we see we see ourselves in fiscal twenty one um definitely breaking through double digit million through on through the through the through the teens and into the into the lower twenties um so so those two pieces together give you a sense of what's going to happen this year. Um, and that's, you know, relatively relatively early uh, stages and early, um, you know, deployment take up from, from those set of engagements within Fiscal 21 at this point.
3: Okay, that's helpful. I mean, for somebody new to the sector trying to understand the envelope that you have in front of you, can you maybe price a node? Like how many thousands of dollars on average would you get per node?
1: Now, that's, that's, that's a tricky one for a few different reasons because um, it, it, it has a lot of variability um, depending on the, on the product. And, and as I've said, we've, we've kind of built up this all-singing, all-dancing distributed access portfolio going all the way from, from a remote fly node to a MAC fly node to uh, you know, a PON, 10-gig e OLT node for fiber to the home. Um, And across that very wide spectrum, which, you know, may have multiple of these products in play within even a single customer as they, they go on, you know, a region by region basis and and select from these technologies, um, you know, trying to to pinpoint ASP um, at a singular level is is tricky. Um, What I will say is that, uh, you know, when As we move from a remote fly to a Mac fly to, to a Pawn platform, um, you know, we have more and more of the overall access network's content within our platform. And that accrues also, you know, other, other, um, you know, revenue components such as licensing capacity, whereas the remote fly node, um, you know, may, may, may be a, a full capacity story. So you know, it, it's, uh, as we speak more, Chris, we'll, we'll, we'll try to get you some more color on, on, on how the different pieces play together. Um, but you can imagine, you know, a remote buy node um, being on a on lower end of the spectrum, and then on upward from there on, on the Mac Fi and, and, and the pawn with upside and licensing capacity, which will occur over time. So it, as you can as you can tell from what I'm saying, it's, it, it gets uh, into a very complex story across this very wide ecosystem we've built.
3: Okay, understood. And it looks like you're on the bench or in trials now with about 16 operators. Can you just remind us how long the typical trial runs and the number of years you know, it takes for the MSO to migrate to the new generation solution once, uh, once they start going live?
1: Yeah, so 50 engagements and, and 40 of those are, are either in lab trial or all the way through through purchasing in, in that kind of category, the sales cycle, lab to purchasing. And and, and some of the dynamics is, you know, as you engage a, a customer, you of course first have your, your marketing and architectural meetings, you have requirements being refined over time. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're adjusting your development roadmap to, to intercept, you know, that customer specific needs for hardware, software and timing. Um, and then you move into, you know, a more formalized refinement process um, get your get your platform into their advanced engineering access labs and they do this put it through the paces testing um, generating feedback and iteration and software drops kind of continuously um, and then you get into this 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 uh, more formal lab qualification cycle which you know as we've said before investment is outgoing at a high number of customers at least 40 of those 58 are past that stage um, and then you get that formal lab approval, and, and the operator will look to move towards a field trial, um, a customer-facing field trial, as they get quite close to to field deployment at scale. Um, so once you get to a field trial phase, it's very formalized, and, and you're headed towards deployment in, in the near term. So that whole sales cycle, you know, it it, it can um, vary from operator to operator. Certainly, a, a customer like a tier one um you know can, can build for for a couple of years through that whole process um growing from 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 the start to the finish um of course you know as it is, as it always is uh you know smaller customers smaller tiers of operators are more agile and, and can get through that that flow pretty quickly And we've seen that um amongst amongst our 24 that we count as customers that we have both the large tier ones and and, and lower tier customers alike um, and and it's pretty organically following this this color i'm giving you that that the larger customers are are going to have a lengthier uh, more formal pro- process that we've that we've gone through there
3: okay that's that's really helpful thank you and remind us the fifty eight uh, customers are they all formerly existing customers or did you win some new customers
1: um yeah I know several wins there um we've been incrementing wins uh you know across the last uh two, three years to build that list. Um in, in many cases, of course, you know, when you when you consider consolidated Besima, um, including the IPTV products, the DAA, the commercial video hospitality, um, we've sold to those customers in the past um, for, for decades. Um and, and you know there's certainly some brand new logos that that neither us nor um you know GameSpeed slash Nokia before the acquisition had sold to um, that, that are picking in. And, and we've seen this uh, very, very exciting aspect of, of, of global pull-in. Um, you know, several of the, the tier ones, twos, and threes in our in our 58 engagements are, are around the world. Um, and um, there's certainly some new and exciting logos in, in that camp. Um, but, you know, 33 years Decima's been in the industry. We've, we've, we've worked with a lot of these customers over the, the many Generations of many different um, technologies that, that have gone on in the cable network.
3: Okay, yeah, I, I know that for sure. And then, the, mm-hmm. when you're winning the new the new logos, are you winning on technology factors or price?
1: Yeah, it's 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 very much that we've kind of, you know, the industry has been building towards this transition from. Um, centralized the distributed access network architecture for the past you know uh, almost eight to ten years um and and vesema was a pioneer the whole way through that the, the the conceptualization of of going in this distributed architecture direction, as was GainSpeed. now the two of us are together our vesema today after the acquisition so we we you know all we have this kind of pioneering. Um, DAA, intellectual property, and technology, um, you know, in, under our umbrella. So, you know, putting, putting ourselves in a position as if, you know, the leading DAA vendor in terms of what our, our capabilities are. Um, with the, the scope of products, if you look relative to the rest of the industry, that alone is a very attractive um, prospect to customers like tier one customers who have very wide and varied networks themselves, very large networks. Um, and, and and on a regional or even neighborhood basis, um, they may elect to you know, have an evolution to remote fly. They may string some fiber for fiber to the home where they can create that business case. Um, there may be areas where they have poor uh, signal quality performance uh, uh, that they need to, to get higher fidelity with something like a magFi node. So you know, all of this is kind of um, creating this 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 elevated circle for Besmo, when the industry has been working towards distributing the network for for many years now, and we put together this you know resoundingly um, leading portfolio, um, and you know also the best talent um, in the industry is now pooled with us in terms of distributed access architecture. So the types of roadmaps we can show them as well as the scope we can show them today, we find that that's, you know, bringing us to the table at, at almost each and every DAA deal on, on the globe.
3: Okay. Thanks, Sumit. And maybe just a couple quick ones for Dale um, on the gross margin. Should we expect the gross margin to improve as you continue to ramp out the the new intra family de- uh, deployment?
2: Yeah. So on our gross margin, um, just let me get my uh, table here. Um, our expectations are uh, um, that uh, our target range is 49 to 53. And it'll depend on, um, as Zuma was saying, um, what customer selects what um, enter product line. Um, and, uh, you know, and it'll also, we, we're looking at that with our ongoing measured um, growth in our CDS um, um, segment. And, uh, you know, and our terrace transition over to our new products. So um, we're still at that. That's the same guidance we had provided last quarter, Chris, at this 49 to 53. Yeah, so okay, it's let's... all
1: consistent with our, <clears throat> with our, you know, range there, the 49 to 53. Um, you know, we have, um, as I outlined before, and, and when we had the conversation around ESPs and whatnot, the, you know, we've got higher and lower gross margin products within the mix, higher and higher and lower in terms of the network content licenses. Um, so, you know, you have vol- very high volume for margin products that have, you know, operating leverage for us to the bottom line. Um, and then you have some, some, some very healthy gross margin products, some um, very exciting gross margin products in the mix too once you start thinking about um, licensing and, and more of the network content.
3: Okay, and on the R&D and the deferred development costs, can you talk a little bit about uh, your roadmap, like whatever you can disclose, and then uh, also, do you have an annual range, like a target range for the deferred development costs?
2: Sure. So again, for uh, the consolidated business with the Nokia acquisition expenses all in, we're planning um, for R&D expense to be on an average pace of about 7.4 to $7.5 million per quarter for the rest for the remainder of fiscal 21, and this is driven by ongoing commercialization activity um, increases in the now combined intra-family as well as CDFs. Um, we expect the full year um, fiscal year 21 average for cash R&D to be in the range of nine to 9.1 million per quarter. Um, the increase from 8.2 in Q1 to 9.1 in Q2 is largely driven by hitting a full quarter of the acquisition R&D in Q2, and only about a half a quarter uh, of it in Q1. And 70% of the expenses coming in from the acquisition are R&D headcount. And then for the second half, we're taking the combined R&D pool and continuing continuing to go after the accelerated commercialization commercialization activity happening for the Entra family and CDS, again with Vesima having the world's best portfolio in DAA and IPTV. That will drive up the cash R&D a bit to take us to the full year average of 9 to 9.1 per quarter. It's a combination of increased prototype activity and modest surgical headcount. And when we model out the growth potential of this incremental R and D growth, it comes at an, a really attractive percentage of sales uh, going forward.
3: Okay, that's that's very helpful. Thank you. And what about uh, acquisitions? Do you have any other opportunities in the pipeline that you're thinking about?
1: Yeah, I think you know we've done a, a great job. This you know was a sizable acquisition that we did <clears> on <throat> the Nokia Cable um, portfolio in in Q1. Um, and and we've, we've, we've done a lot of integration work since then. There was, um, you know, about about 80 to 95 employees overall um, that were brought in, and uh, four locations, two in the U.S. and, and two in China. Um, so we've been we've been quite active in, in closing that deal. With that said, you know, there are always you know opportunistic um, situations that can flow through um whether it's on the tech inside or or something more scale. Um, you know, given that we've we've kind of assembled this portfolio, which, you know, is, is very um effectual in terms of what everything we can do today in terms of DA with the products we have. Um, you know, I don't foresee anything sitting out in front of us that that's an instant. We could we could look at related technologies and whatnot that can enhance us a little bit more. Um, the you know, uh, it's kind of an eyes open and an and execution mode at this moment in time.
3: Okay, Subit and Dale, thanks a lot for taking my questions and congrats on the, uh, the great quarter.
1: Thanks so much, Chris.
2: Thanks, Chris.
0: Once again, analysts and institutional investors who sh- would like to ask a question should press star and one on their touchtone phone. We will pause for a moment while any additional callers join the queue. Our next question comes from Ole Pragel, a private investor. Please go ahead.
4: Yeah, good morning. Uh, uh great great news. Good
1: morning, um, Ole, thanks.
4: <clears throat> thanks, so Ole. Now that now that you've built this new entry and uh and what you're focusing on now out of the total market how, uh, how much how what big what percentage Share does Vesma have in in the total market?
1: Yeah, so I mean the total market, and we've talked about this before. For for Doxas, has been this kind of billion dollar plus market, and and growing over time. Um, the DAA component, which I've been talking a lot about, is is where we're where we're kind of um, getting gaining leadership through what we've done. Um, and the industry just as I said in the press release in the in the very early stages of starting to roll out DA so you can see that you have this overall market that's very very large and then DA is starting to to grow as as envisioned by the industry that DA is going to be the future. So along with that trajectory we feel that within DA our, our market shares is very strong and as DA becomes a higher proportion of, of the overall market for doxes, um, you know, that will translate likewise into what, how meaningful that can be for, for Vesima's, you know, corporate growth.
4: Well, so you're saying that you're a leader in, the, <clears throat> in that space and the, and the competition, potential competition will have to catch up.
1: Yeah. And and you know, it, it's, it's early in, in the market cycle for DAA too. So, you know what 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 we are seeing at the customers that are rolling out um and when we have um you know the competitors in the mix as well um you know is we're having a very um strong track record of, of design wins um and there will always be a spread of that market and that's you know op- operators have to um you know uh maintain uh, more than one vendor in, in into their landscape to, um, in terms of their um, risk with a particular vendor, so um, you know there there are other vendors. Um, but you know, as I said before, when I'm speaking with Chris, when, when we say you know any D A project that's happening worldwide that that we're brought into the table, that that is you know a reflection of of how we situate ourselves competitively.
4: So now that you build the market and uh, and the customers are coming, is. Uh... Any restrictions in uh, meeting the customer demand, as far as whether it's supply chain or manufacturing?
1: Yeah, um, we've built up, you know, some great capacity in Saskatoon. Uh, as you know, we've got we've got a large manufacturing facility there, um, and we've of course been doing uh, our design for manufacturing for for years now. Um, that has given us a a very strong capacity relative to what we see uh, upcoming. We also, on the acquired Nokia products, um, uh, uh, leverage a a contract manufacturer among the global majors in that space. Um, And of course, you know, being a global major contract manufacturer on that side, they've got a lot of capacity for scale. Um, So, you know, capacity-wise, we're feeling good about how we can connect um, to to everything we see coming um, both at Saskatoon and with the contract manufacturing on I mean, the Kia product side um, the supply chain um, in, as we've seen you know, covid has been around for a long time um, and there may be some some lagging effects of that in in the global technology supply chain where where lead times are 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 broadening out um, so we've taken advantage of that we've we've gotten you know crispening forecasts from our customers. Um, and, and use that to, to drive our forecast, to our supply chain. So, you know, we've had to be more cognizant of, of managing against this backdrop of, of this global expansion of lead times so that's happening, not just in our industry, but in many industries. So we feel comfortable that uh, you know we're, we're able to stay ahead of it.
4: Okay. Yeah. Well, well there's an awful lot of information <laughs> to absorb here, so. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I can come call you sometime and and because uh, I got lots of questions, but I don't want to take up everybody's time here.
1: Fair enough, all we'll in for sure we can see. Okay, thanks. Thank you.
2: Thanks,
0: Once again, to join the question queue, please press star then one. As there appears to be no further questions, this concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day.